Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. I want you to hear the dealers calling. So there's no ticket. You just thank the Lord. The train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Open the doors and bore them This is Brother Horace Muhammad, co-owner and engineer of Black Hole Radio, which is the parent station for disaster awareness for community preparedness. Brother Rudolph is on his way in. Uh, he had to deal with an emergency at the hospital, and he's walking out of the door in a few moments, and we'll be in to bring you a exciting show today, which will feature Brother William Muhammad, uh, who is an insurance specialist. Brother Yusuf is... Okay, Brother Rudolph is about to come on, so I don't have to talk too long. Brother Youssef is on the road today, but we're going to bring you a dynamic show in a few moments. So just hold fast as I get our brother on the phone, and we'll get him uh, going. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get him in. With your name and the number that you want me to reach you back. Brother Rudolph. Brother Rudolph. And remember, every day above ground is a blessed day. Peace be unto you. At the tone, please record your message. Oh, Brother Rudolph. When you have fin- that was his voicemail. <laughs> okay. Pardon me, family. I thought I was talking to Brother Rudolph. That was his voicemail. All right. So we're going to get him, we're going to get him on in a few moments. Um, I don't know what we should talk about until we get him in. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. The weather is crazy. 
the people are going getting even crazier in New York on Juneteenth Monday, the celebration of the Juneteenth holiday. We had nine people shot in Harlem at the park. They were having a cookout, and out of that nine people, one person was uh, killed, a young brother um, who was in college, a basketball star. His funeral will be um, tomorrow in Harlem. I mean, not tomorrow, Monday in Harlem. And, you know, it's just sad out here. We got, we got natural, natural disasters, then we got man-made disasters, and these man-made disasters are crazy. Hold on a second. Brother Rudolph is telling me, because, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, uh, he's getting his knee replaced, and he had his knee replaced, and he is not moving as fast as he normally will be. But he will be here in a few moments um, with his crippled uh, leg and everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got to make fun of Brother Rudolph. Y'all, if y'all ever met Brother Rudolph, who's six foot, about six foot four or five, uh, size 19 shoe, and straight out of Brooklyn, you know. So, oh, I see my brother. He's finally got into the studio. I'm going to turn it over to Brother Rudolph, affectionately known as the pastor of disaster. No, I'm sorry, the deacon of, of, of doom. Brother Deacon, are you there? For some reason, it's not letting you into the studio, Brother Deacon. I'm giving a hard time. Hold on one second. This is going, this is a great this is how it goes. So Murphy's Law. When something, when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. Brother Rudolph, you there, brother? Yes, sir. I'm here, beloved. All right, but I'm taking over the show today, brother. You know, you and your cripple of Walker, broken knee self, <laughs> I'm taking over, brother. No, I'm just joking, brother. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me introduce to some and present to others <laughs> our brother, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who is straight out of Brooklyn, in the Brooklyn basement. When you hear that song by Biggie Smalls, he's talking about Brother Rudolph. I got your daughter locked up in the Brooklyn basement. That was Brother Rudolph who was standing at the door with the gun. But now he's in Detroit raising hell. Brother Rudolph, take over, brother, please. Yes, sir. All praises due to Allah. Beginning all things in the name of Allah, the one God, the true and living God the one that is responsible for all that was, is, and ever will be. We thank him and him alone for allowing us another day in his wonderful creation called life. If we had a thousand tongues, we couldn't thank him enough for all of his grace and mercy. Scripture says that it's not, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not by any goodness of our own that he's allowed us to see another day. So, you know, that just lets us know that it ain't because of what you did or what I did. It's because in his infinite wisdom, he knows already the condition that we're in. He knows what he created, and he knows what we're going to do before we even do it. Our job is to work hard. Brother Rudolph, we lost you again, brother. All right, stand by, family. We're going to get Brother Rudolph back in the studio. Mm-hmm. 
Brother Rudolph, you there? Brother Rudolph. Okay. Can anyone hear me? I can hear can you now, Brother Rudolph. Okay, I can all hear right. you now, all Brother. Right. Go yeah. ahead. All right, all right. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was just saying, I was just rambling, going on and on, just saying how we could be a little zealous for that one that's responsible for our inception, our creation, and our life. And I don't feel any way about it. I don't feel uh, um, apologetic about it. And I don't feel, um, you know, that I need to uh, really explain to anybody. Either you understand or you don't. And it's okay. Either way, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. You do you. I'll do me. And it, at the, in the end, we'll see who was right and who was wrong. And so, with that being said, let me take this opportunity to thank our engineering staff for getting us on, keeping us on, and helping us to have clear airwaves in order to get these messages across. Let me think. It's not with us this week, but inshallah, he will rejoin us next week on this same station at the same time, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on the Eastern Standard Time. Wherever he is and whatever he's doing, we pray that Allah blesses him and keeps him safe until we can hear his beautiful voice again. That's affectionately known as the pastor of disaster, Brother Yusuf Muhammad. And and then, of course, thanking every one of you who are listening in on your devices to this broadcast at this time. Because... I realize that you could be anywhere you want to be doing anything you want to do. You did not have to take time out of your busy schedule to tune in to awareness for community preparedness. So, so because of that, we want to thank you and we promise something that we say will bring you to a better understanding of something um, better than you than it was before you tuned in to this broadcast. Now, just some uh, clear, clearing house rules, you know, some ground rules. Of course, you know, when you come into this classroom, you should have something to write 
on as something to write with, or if you're from the new school, uh, you probably have your uh, smartphone that you can record while you're talking. I'm not up on that technology. You know, one hand is holding the battery to my flip phone, and the other one is holding the top from falling off. But that's okay because that's the way we get there. The second thing is always come into this classroom with an open mind and with a humble spirit. We can disagree without being disagreeable. We will not accept or tolerate is disrespect of any person or any person's ideas. Because whatever you come up with, it's coming from you. We respect that. So with all of that being said, and the last thing is, before we get started, if you want to speak and be heard, just press the number one on your phone, on your pad, keypad, and the engineer will know that you want to make a comment, answer a question, or ask a question, and he will bring you into the discussion. Now, this week, we have a really good show, you know, sounding like Ed Sullivan, a really big show um, for those who are in that age bracket and understand. For those who are not, just let it go. Just let it go. Um, we are having one of our brothers, my little brother, who's also from Harlem. You know, we're not going to hold that against him. It's still New York City. But he's from Harlem, New York, by way of Louisville, Kentucky. But he is now in Oakland, California. And he is an independent insurance agent for one of the largest well-known established companies that is out there, State Farm. But again, remember, he is our brother. And so this is someone that we can trust to do the best for us in getting us what we need for our families and he'll be coming on to answer whatever questions you may have about insurance, and I'm going to ask him some questions so that we can get a better understanding about this insurance game, Ponzi scheme that the world has created that you can't get around and you have to deal with. So, you know, we're going to do that. Um, in a very few short minutes, uh, uh, we'll bring him on. He'll open up. He'll speak to us, and then we'll open up the floor for questions and answers. If we don't get to your question, if you're logged on at www.blockholeradio.com backslash blackhole, W-H-O-L-E, radio, and you click on DACP, 
and you go into the chat room and you type your question in, then your question will be brought out and it will be asked. If we do not get to your question today and if we do not get to the people on the phone today, then we will do a second broadcast, inshallah, next Friday. I'm putting that out there right now to let him know to clear his schedule for part two next Friday because I know that there's going to be a lot of information that needs to come out and there's going to be a lot of stuff that uh, we may not get to cover in just this one brief setting. So, again, his name is Brother William Muhammad, and we're just waiting for him to come on. Brother Engineer, if you can uh, get him on the on the line, um, and we can get started with him. But, again, like I said, have your pen and your pad ready. Um, you can call in at 563-999-3089. Press the number 1 in order to be heard live or just listening on the phone and we'll get this started. Before he comes on, let me get some more stuff out of the way, some just clearing information. Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is a forum that we are proud to come to you with when we can. And our intention is to enlighten, inspire, and to educate on the best practices for you and your family. Remember, everything that you do should be for you first, then for your family, then for your community, then for your nation. And if you're doing it in any order than that, you're out of order. Because if you're telling me that you're going to do something for your family, but you haven't done for you first, you're a liar. And you can't trust a liar. So don't lie. Don't be a liar. Be genuine. Be who God created. And take care of self first. Because if you don't take care of yourself, there's no way you can take care of anyone else. And once you're secure within yourself and have thoroughly taken care of self, then you can take care of anyone else that you desire. So we believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl has the responsibility to know what needs to be known to do the best that you can for yourself in any situation. And we also know that No one knows everything. But because we deal with subject matter experts on this show, then we can bring that information to you and we can help you to understand and learn that which you do not know. All right, I'm hearing some background uh, noise here, so I think maybe our brother is on the line and is ready to speak to you. No, no, sir. But the background noise comes from me because I'm at the mechanic shop. Um, oh, okay. Brother, brother is unable to be reached right now for some reason. Okay. Now, with that being said, brother, 
I could add my expertise to the show because, you know, for 25 years I worked as a financial advisor for New York Life and MetLife. Hold on. I have, hold on, Brother Forrest. Hold on, Brother Forrest. Hold on. No, no, no. no. I, I, I have to bring you on. I'm not going to let you keep it or diminish the, the introduction to the subject matter expert that's coming on. Okay? So what we do do here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is everyone that's on the staff here, it is a subject matter expert in something. And what we also do, because of how we were trained, we train one up and two down so that anybody can cover down on somebody else when the time comes. Now, our engineer who is keeping us heard today and every week is not just an engineer. He also has credentials. Our brother Forrest is an EMT. And let me tell you a crazy story about brother Forrest before we go any further. This man was on the phone with me actively having a heart attack. Actively having a heart attack while he's on the phone with me in his EMT class. That's the caliber of brother that we're dealing with. So he calls me, he's on the phone, tells me what's going on, quickly diagnose it, let him know, brother, you need to get to the emergency room, you're having a heart attack. Of course, you know, the black man being who the black man is, brother, I ain't having no heart attack. I'm good, brother, I'm good. Just a little longer, but no, brother. No, you're having a heart attack, brother. You're having a heart attack. Get to the nearest emergency room. So, brother, finally, you know, humbles himself, lowers his wing to his younger brother, and he listens, and he goes and takes himself in, and he's here with us today. Consequently, he's had quite a few cardiac arrests since then, but he's still here. And he's still, 39, brother. And he's still doing the work of a servant within the community of humanity. And this is the type of brother that we're talking about. So we're going to bring our own brother Forrest on because he, too, is a subject matter expert with our economic disaster kit, and he's going to talk about the economic side of disaster preparedness and the things that must not should, not might, not can, things that must be done in order for us to stabilize ourselves and our families in this economic downturn that we're in so that we don't spin out of control and end up losing the battle, losing the fight, and not being around for the victory. So, brother Forrest, you on the air? Yes, sir, I'm here, brother. <laughs> all right, I just, all right. Let me put my waiting boots back on, brother. Since you're on the line, brother, brother Forrest, here we go. Let me start with yes, this sir. question. Why is it important, brother, why is it important that we get our finances straight And when I say straight, I mean, and we'll go into what we mean when we say get them straight, 
but we're talking about having more than just $2.25 in your pocket and $5 in the top desk drawer back at your house. What does it mean to be financially prepared? Wow, brother. That's a very, that's a very, very deep question because there's many layers to being financially prepared. Let's talk about the one that we, the untimely appointment that we all going to have to keep. This appointment with death, we all have to keep it. Nobody gets around it. The message said, if you didn't want to die, you should not have been born. I'm paraphrasing to make it short. That's correct. Okay, so for I want to talk about our established older family members out there who have homes, who have assets, who are, you know, they got all this good stuff and they got children. So in most states, assets pass from spouse to spouse tax-free. So upon my uh, death, my wife would inherit everything without any complications, no paperwork, no nothing, no taxes being paid. However, from parent to child, it's a different thing. So I watched my grandmother, who was a pretty well-to-do woman, what she did when she felt that she was near her days almost, she, you know, to be honest, she did it within two years of her death. She gave everybody everything she wanted them to have. She signed it over. No tax consequences, no nothing. Because in the United States, you have estate taxes. So if there's no estate, there's no taxes. So she signed the deeds over to her children, her grandchildren, anybody that she wanted to have anything, she gave it to her before she passed away. The only thing that she left in her name was her own home, and that went, um, she put me and my brother on that deed, so when she died, we, just, we were just the owners of the property, no tax consequences. Too many people die without having wills or trust funds. Wills are very difficult to execute sometimes because a will can be contested. A will can be contested by your loved ones. You can have everything written out in a will, and your, your spouse says, no, that's not what Brother Rudy wanted. He told me this, this, and this, and now it goes into probate court. The only thing that cannot be contested is life insurance and irrevocable trust fund. Now, but you say, Brother Forrest, what's a trust fund? Trust fund is where you also have all your property, you have everything, and you leave it to the trust fund, then the trust fund dispenses it the way you want it to. You can dictate from the grave how you want your money to be uh, allocated to your family members or to whatever charity you want. And it's irrevocable, which means nobody, no judge, no lawyer, nobody can challenge you it. Something for you to think about. The other thing that we always talk about, getting your finances in order, is <clears throat> family, you may say, Brother Forrest, you're crazy. Don't keep all your money in the bank. You say, well, Brother Forrest, what are you talking about? Well, the, FD, the FDIC, the Federal Depository Insurance Company, only insures your personal bank account up to $100,000. Now, if you're in a brokerage house, brokerage houses have bank accounts too. If you like, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody who you would probably know, Charles Schumer. No, that's a, that's a congressman. <laughs> I'm sorry. Charles Squab, um, uh, David Lerner, all the big brokerage houses. 
their accounts are insured for up to $500,000. So now, if you have an account with a bank and you got $150,000, if something happens in America, you're only guaranteed to get back $100,000. That $50,000 is gone. So spread your money out through many different banks if you have more than $100,000, and then keep cash in your house in a fireproof safe. Keep money someplace where you can get to it. Uh, because Brother Rudolph and I were part of the evacuation team for Hurricane. Um, which hurricane was that in New Orleans, Brother, Brother Rudolph? Brother Rudolph, you left me? Okay, he must have been taking a break. But with um, Hurricane, the hurricane that happened, Sandy, thank you. We've been in so many hurricanes. Hurricane Sandy, uh, we were part of the evacuation team in New York City, and we saw people come up from who had to self-evacuate, come up to New York City, and one man in particular, would, he just happened to be Chinese, of Chinese-American, a business owner. His mother was visiting him from China. He lost all his papers, all his documentation of ownership of his property, his business, his mother's passport, and there was nothing nobody could do. So that's why you heard last week, Brother Rudolph and Brother Youssef were talking, put, make a copy of your identification, your passport, your driver's license. It has to be in color. Get it notarized. Go to a notary. Go to every lawyer is a notary. Uh, a lot of places do notary services. A lot of your, some of your friends might be notaries. It's very inexpensive to get something notarized. Get, that, get those copies notarized and mail those copies to a friend or, depending if you have enough money, get a mailbox in another state, okay? Get a mailbox in another state and send it to that mailbox where you only have, you're the only one, you, your wife, or your children, the only people that have the key to that mailbox. So that way, when you have to evacuate where you are, especially some of us live in dangerous areas where there's uh, bad weather conditions, and we know that sometimes we have to evacuate, then we put our documentation someplace in, a, in the middle of the country where there's no problems. You know, you try to pick a state, you look at it, predict the weather. You say, well, Brother Forrest, how do I get my finances in order? Well, during a disaster, if you, don't, if you can't identify yourself, you can't prove that you're American citizens. There's some services that you cannot receive. You know, the American Red Cross, all that. You have to prove that you're American citizen to get benefits during a time of a disaster. Next thing, getting your finances in order. It's always said that it's good to have, if you're renting or you have a mortgage, six months of rent uh, put away and six months of mortgage money put away in case of a disaster. You do not want something bad to happen and you lose your home because you couldn't pay your mortgage. Now you say, Brother Forrest, six months, they won't, they won't uh, take my house in six months. No, but six months gives you six months of, of uh, relaxation of your mind that I can pay my mortgage, I can pay my rent, I can go grocery shopping, I can put gas in my car. So you got to calculate what your monthly expenses are and save six months of it. Does it have to be in the bank? No. Should it be? Can it be in the bank? Yes. But remember what I first told you. Keep that, those bank accounts in the bank, in a regular checking and savings account. It's only insured up to $100,000. So just be careful for those who have more than $100,000 in the bank that you spread that through different banks so that way 
if something happens, the FDC, the FDIC will insure your money. Brother Rudolph, did I answer that question well enough? Or you want me to go deeper into it? Can we talk about investments, stocks, cryptocurrency? You know, some people want to know how should I invest my money. Uh, the best way to invest your money is blue chip stocks, and they're very expensive. You know, but if you can get yourself some blue chip stocks and you invest, but remember, the stock market is like peaks and valleys, but it's peaks and valleys, but it's always climbing. Um, I'm not going to tell you what stocks to invest in because I don't know everybody's risk tolerance, but it's not bad to have some money in some stock or money invested in your community. There are business owners who need investors, but remember what the messenger said. Never, ever go into business with someone without a contract. Spell it out to the T. Get a lawyer. Don't be cheap and try to do, go to the website, I'm going to break this contract myself. I'm going to go to, no, get a lawyer from your state who understands what that, where that business, the home state of that business is where you need a lawyer to be from. Brother Rudolph, is there another question? Brother Rudolph, did we lose him? Did we lose Brother Rudolph again? Brother Rudolph. Oh, fast family. We're going to try to get him back on. Seven. Okay, Brother Rudolph, I'm not hearing you though, brother. I see, I saw that you made a comment, but you got, you text me, but you got to come on. All right, hold on a second. I'm trying to get Brother Rudolph back on the line. I hear you now, brother. Nice that you took your phone off mute. Okay, I have Brother William on the line. Okay, brother. Yeah, so so you, you didn't hear anything I said, so you don't know if I answered the question or not. No, no, no. I don't. I, I was listening to you. I, I heard what you said. I heard your 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 um, synopsis of diversifying your portfolio, spreading your money around. I heard. Okay, brother. So I'm going to turn it back over to you and Brother William, but I'm going to go back on into the into the okay, I studio, back into the land. Five dollars that fall. Five dollars. <laughs> what, what I would tell you, do what I would tell you, brother, is take your five dollars, buy yourself five final calls, sell those five final calls. That becomes ten dollars, and just keep building up until you get to a hundred thousand dollars, brother. It'll be a slow walk, but you'll get there, brother. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So just double it down until I duplicate my money. Duplicate? Yeah, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Duplicate your money. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. You're welcome, Sam. We have brother William. We have brother William Muhammad on the line now, and I gave you an introduction earlier. Like I said, he's from Harlem, USA. Harlem World, you know, we see Diddy, 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 Diddy. Yeah. Um, I, I know, we wish he was from Brooklyn, like us, but he's still family. Give him that. <laughs> Brother William. Yes, sir, I'm going to let that slide, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let that slide. You know, I, I absolutely want to thank you very much for having me on your show to be able to answer some of the questions that you or 
your listening audience has. Uh, we had a great discussion last night about the different types of life insurance, how um, you can use some types of life insurance to help diversify your portfolio, uh, as Brother Forrest was talking about a little bit earlier. So if you have any questions for me, please let me know where you want to start. Can you hear me? Are you on mute? Okay, Brother, brother okay. William, I can hear you. I, I don't know why we're not hearing Brother Rudolph because you, you're talking through his phone, so something must be wrong. So, Brother William, okay. since yeah. I got you on the phone and you and I kind of do some of the same things, let's, let's talk sure. about life insurance. I'm sorry. Okay, we understand. Okay, Brother Forrest, what was your question? So, Brother, let's, let's talk about aspects of life insurance. Some people use it for strictly for borrow. Some people use it as a financial instrument to uh, create generational wealth. And some people use it to create wealth while they're alive. So go ahead, Brother William. Break it on now for me. Well, there are several different options that you can choose from this, but there's two basic um, types of policies that I generally will deal with. And that's a term policy or a a whole life, or you may hear it called a permanent life policy. Now, New York is a little bit different. They have life annuities, but pretty much everywhere else in the country, it's a basic life insurance policy. So a term policy is exactly what it sounds like. It is a policy that is enforced for a a certain period of time. It could be a five-year, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year term. Sometimes you can find a 40-year term policy. It's a little far in between, but you can find it. And that will give you a lot of insurance coverage for a little bit of money, for a lot, you know, it's a lot cheaper. The only issue with that is you, it, it has no value until some, the person, the policyholder passes away. Uh, a lot of times people will use this policy to help take care of expenses uh, that a child or a spouse or a loved one may have after the policyholder is deceased. Uh, I know that I do have a couple of term policies on myself. That way, my son, when I pass away, he has some type of nest egg that I have left for him that is somewhat substantial. The next policies that I would like to talk about, um, you talk, uh, spoke about uh, not just a burial situation, because all of them will can help to bury you, but to use it as a financial instrument. And that's a whole life policy or permanent policy. And a whole life policy is something that will be with you and you continuously pay on it, uh, generally for the entire time that you are living. Uh, some policies will mature at 85 years of age. Some will be, I believe it's 103. Uh, I'll get back with you on what the, what the updated um, age is that it becomes uh, that you have to monetize it. Those policies are policies that you can borrow against. You can take a monthly withdrawal from it. You can, 
you know, use the cash value of it. It does grow in a cash value along with the face value. Now, there are different types of whole life policies. One of them that I would really like to talk about is something that I, um, I found is very interesting. It's a 20 year, it's a 20 life, uh, 20 pay life. And this is a whole life policy which grows in cash value. We just spoke about, but you only have to pay on it for 20 years. So once it's paid on, once it's uh, that 20 years is expired, the life policy stays in force for the duration, but it continues to grow in cash value. Now it can be a little bit more expensive uh, the older that you get. Uh, so I try to use that uh, a lot of times when I'm dealing with uh, putting a family's policies together and I'll use it for children. So, you know, maybe a child is four years old. So by the time they're 24, they never have to pay for life insurance. Uh, they really don't have to pay for life insurance again. It becomes, it becomes uh, a full invested at that point. Does that make sense? very, very expensive. My rule of thumb is 
What can you afford in a worst case scenario if everything goes wrong? What can you pay? That number may be $50, it may be $25, it may be $100, it may be $1,000. Every family is different. And what we like to do as professionals, we take all of those things into consideration when we're putting together a program and, and policies for you and your family. Because what good is it to have these policies if it's going to lapse two months down the road because you know, you had a flat tire and you had to change your tire. So you have to decide, am I going to go to work or am I, am I going to pay for my life insurance? All right. So we can always add, we can always adjust. Uh, but I always start out with, and, and a good rule of, of thumb for me is to get something that you can afford. That's not going to hurt your family dynamic. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Right there. Right there. Right there. That's what I want to do. Right there. Because I realize that there are different schools of thought. Mm -hmm. I'm representing lifestyles of the poor and relatively unknown. Right. All right? I'm not representing the dreams, champagne dreams, and caviar wishes. I'm representing corn chips and water out of the donkey pond. I don't care. Right. Okay. So now, with that in mind, Let's talk about the, the average, well, there, there is no average. Well, let's talk about the family uh, who has the, the elder parents or the, uh, or, or the children who are grown. Parents are getting up in age. They don't know what they have because, you know, it's, it's like one of them taboo subjects in our country. You know, you ask your parents or your grandparents, well, do you have life insurance? That's, that's, right. that's not a subject that we generally talk about, although right. we do, but we don't. Absolutely. So, I agree. That working class, those working class children whose parents are a little older and they... The, it, it, the reality is setting in that they're going to demise or return to a law um, sooner than later. Right. How well, do you broach that conversation with the family? You know, I, I like to give examples, right? So when I have these conversations or my, where I'm advising clients, I tell them to walk through a scenario. So imagine it's 3 o'clock in the morning, Brother Rudolph and Brother Forrest, and you get a call. You don't recognize the phone number, so you send it to voicemail, but that call keeps coming over and over. You keep pushing the voicemail, so you say, oh, my God, this must be an emergency. Why else would somebody be calling me at 3 o'clock in the morning? You call and they, you pick up the phone. Yes, how can I help you? I speak to Rudolph. This is Rudolph. Rudolph, my name is William. I'm calling from Harlem Hospital. Do you happen to know uh, uh, J-Rock? Yes, I know Jay. That's my brother. Okay. Um, Mr. Muhammad, I'm sorry, but there was an accident and J-Rock didn't make it. I need you to come and identify the body. Immediately, 
your mind is set into a world whirlwind. Right. Immediately. You're trying to get up and you rush down there. You rush down to the hospital. You're asking, where, where's my brother at? Where's my brother? You're freaking out because you really don't know what has happened. And they finally get you calm enough to go into a room. You walk into this room. They pull this sheet back, which you, you know what this looks like being in the medical profession, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You pull that sheet back, and there he is laying out. Now, this is a very sobering view. But you have a decision that you have to make right now because that hospital cannot store your brother's body. They give you a list of some places that can call, that you can call to come and pick up your brother. You call the, the you call the undertaker, you call the funeral home, you call the funeral service to come pick that body up. Well, guess what, Brother Rudolph? There's a charge for that. They get the body inside and they have to start cleaning the body up. There's a charge for that. They ask you, how do you want this body prepared? Do you want it? In, do you want your brother involved? You're you're trying to figure. You're just trying to figure out what what's next. And there, there's questions that are coming a million miles an hour, and you're hey, you're not even able to grieve yet. So the question, every single step. There's a charge from cutting a hair, putting on uh, what he's going to be buried in. If he's a Muslim, how, uh, who's going to come in and do the janazah? Who's going to prepare the body? Who's a, all of these things have a charge, right. all of them. My question to those older parents at that point is, what's your plan for that? And at this point, they need to have a. We need to have a very real conversation. We don't necessarily want to scare them, but we do want them to know that this is a very important conversation that we need to have as a family. Who does what when? How do you want this completed? In the Bible, you know, we we study scripture. We read Bible, Quran, whatever God's revealed word is. But did you know that in the Bible, there's, there's only one person in the entire Bible whose death is not recorded? Yes, yes. It was Elijah. Right, right. Elijah went up in a whirlwind. So we know that it's inevitable. This is going to happen. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen 10 years from now. It could happen 30 years from now. But somebody needs to know besides that one person that has the policy, we'd be surprised. I had a client that came in, mother passed away two months ago. They didn't even know that there was a life insurance policy until I called and tried to find out why their payment hadn't been made for two months. Now that family has another $500,000 that they can do, you know, take care of the final final expenses of of this person, of this client. So these are very real conversations. We don't need to happen upon these things. We need to have the conversation. And a lot of times it's fear. We're afraid that mama and dad or auntie and uncle don't want to, aren't going to share this information, but they need to share it with someone. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Let me uh, let me start from the back. The back. 
Sure. Older uh-huh. Well, you know, I would defer that question to Brother Forrest. One thing that I've learned is that when you outlive, that, that policy can become monetized if it's a whole life policy. That money is going to come to you one in the form of a check or a, a wire or something. And something needs to be done with that money, not put into your regular checking account. Sometimes it's a money market account. Sometimes it's a it's some other type of interest-bearing account that a person can get at a bank or credit union or maybe at an investment place. But I would defer that question to Brother Forrest. What's the question, Brother? I'm sorry. The question is that a person outlives the the term on their whole life policy and it's now become monetized what do they do with that money oh other than person they, still they reinvest it they reinvest it yeah. if they're smart you know if they're smart uh, if, they, if they're outlived it so brother by the way let's talk about the basic understanding of insurance when insurance was created term life is the perfect insurance for an individual when it was created, it was created to say, I want to take this small amount of money to insure against disaster, me dying before I can accumulate enough money to bury myself or have yeah, my absolutely. family bury me, right? So right. Now, now you've outlived this policy. Now that means that you just made your estate go up exponentially by uh, however amount of the face value and the cash value of the policy. You right. have to... And those people who make money have to have to understand that estate taxes. We're talking about now. I'm not giving my money back to the government. I worked all these right. years. I'm not giving. I'm outlived. I've lived. My, my 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 policy has come to maturity. Now I have to figure out how do I protect my asset against taxes. Well, a lot Absolutely. of Safeway is is tax free municipal bonds. Federal bonds yeah. that are tax-free, tax, free, tax sure. uh, you know, and that t- and that means that when that money comes to maturity again, which it will if you continue to live, there's no tax consequence to you. Now, right. but at the same time, you got estate planning, and nobody, you know, not everybody, doesn't plan for this. I've seen families have to sell stuff, not because they were broke. Because their father or mother died and they worked, they were worth $3 million and they didn't know it. Guess what? Right. Uncle Sam was, state taxes are 55% of it. Yeah, they are. And, and Uncle Sam wanted money. Yeah, Uncle Sam wanted yeah. money. <laughs> Uncle Sam wants that money. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, he, wants, he, he wants that money, right? 55%. Now, how do you get sure. that 55%? Now, if. And if dad and mom were smart, they might have left you enough cash to pay the estate without having to break up the estate to satisfy Uncle Sam. But if you look at the newspaper right. every day, you'll see estate sales. It's not because the people were broke. It was because they didn't plan for that ultimate appointment. That ultimate right. appointment is going to happen. You, just like you said, Brother William, everybody's death has been recorded in the Bible, except for Elijah. And, and none of us, none right. of us are alive, so we might as well go ahead and get ready for that, that, that date. So those Absolutely. of us 
those those of in the listening audience who are worth millions, you have to understand if you no longer have a spouse and you just have your children, you just put your children into a quagmire that they're gonna to have to figure out after you're gone. But you can figure it out now and fix it. And now, right. and take care of your estate planning now. The, the whole thing is act now, right? But I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Act now. Don't you can't after the person's dead. There's nothing you can do. You in the it's game now. You got no choice. You got Uncle Sam is coming to knock on your door in 90 days. Sure. 90 days that's from right. the date that your the person dies, they're at your door and they want their money. They're not taking no that's shorts. Right. They're not taking no. They're not. They're not taking no excuses because they know what their state is worth. So they're gonna force right. you to sell stuff which you may not want to sell. So right. remember that whatever you work, whatever you work, once you get over, I forgot the threshold, but just 55% of that has to be paid back in taxes. Uncle Sam Absolutely. is merciless. Merciless. <laughs> merciless. You know? Yes, he is. And then some people, and, you know, and some people say, okay, hold on, hold right, on, hold on. A, yeah. 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 Uh, let's back up. Let's back up. Okay. Let's back up because I just got lost. So I know some of the listeners just got lost. Okay. Let's table the estate stuff for another show, and let's get back to insurance. Okay. All right. All right. Older parents, grandparents, yes. um, who are above 85 years old, nobody's writing policies for them. That's correct. 99.9%. Right. Well, how, you make... how, how can you insure... Can they even just get a burial policy? Most of the time, most of the time, no. Okay. Okay. It really depends on the broker itself. Uh, a lot of your larger names, like your State Farm and your Farmers, they may not even have a policy where if you're over 80 years old and you can get a final expense policy. So. There are some that are out there, and I'll get you a list of those who who may do it with some with very little uh, to no underwriting. But understand that if they do it, most of them are going to require medical exams, doctor statements, things like that. Because uh, you know, insurance companies are not they they are for profit. They're there to make money. Right and. You know, actuary tables are saying that people are living to 80, 75, exactly. 80 years That's old. That's what I'm talking about. Right? So if you don't have it, then you need to start squirreling away something so that when it does hit, you know, you're not, you know, you have a fund that's set up for your family, to, you know, to help with that. Now, you can have other relatives to chip in. You know, whoever controls it needs to, you know, be transparent. But uh, the longer you wait to get somebody insurance, the more expensive this becomes. So get insurance while you're young. For the listening audience, get it while get it now. You know, look for a way to be able to get to have this conversation now. Don't wait till it's too late. You know, even even Noah gave yes, people warning. Noah gave people yes, a whole lot of warning. Years and years and years and years. And then when the rain started coming, they still didn't recognize. That, hey, man, it's about to be a flood. But Noah's going to keep on telling it's going to be a flood, man. Come on. 
So you have heard about life insurance is not something new. It's been around for a long, long, long time. You know, you see, you can't turn on a, a television without seeing Jake from State Farm. You can't turn on the radio without hearing something from a life insurance. It's everywhere. This is a common thing. So have the conversation, number one, with your parents. They may, or, or the elderly, they may very well have something because in the uh, 70s and the early 80s, these life insurance policies were very, very popular and prearranged funerals were very, very popular. They may very well have something that they have forgotten about. So, you know, that's sure. something that you're going to have to check with as well. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Hold on one second. I'm here, Brother Paul. You're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. It's uh, 1700. It's uh, 5 p.m. Do you know where your children are? 5 p.m., wherever you're living at. All right, look outside the window, people. Look out, look up. What you're doing? Look outside the window. What is the weather like? Are you prepared for what is about to happen? Just because the sun is shining right now doesn't mean it's going to be shining 15 minutes from now. Have you listened to the weather report in the area that you're in? On the west coast, you have the wildfires. It's burning up California. In the mid, in, in, in the mountain area, in the Midwest, they're flooding out whole states almost. Look at Yellow Yellowstone National Park, having to redo the roads and rebuild roads because of massive flooding because of what they're calling global warming. Fires everywhere. Drought where you can't get water to put fires out. And then, of course, remember, we're in hurricane season. So being in the Atlantic hurricane season until November 30th, uh, at any given time, when those winds start swirling in the Gulf, and hit rain, there's nowhere that's immune or exists from a hurricane. There's nowhere now that's exempt from a tornado. People used to think Detroit was exempt from tornadoes because of geographically where it's at. But that's not true because we have tornado-style winds that have come through and written up the city. There's nowhere to exist now. So there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You should be checking the weather report in the morning and at night so at least you have a good gauge on what is to come. Again, this is disaster awareness for community preparedness. Call in at 563-999-3089. Press the number one to be heard. And just simply listen in. We're listening to and talking with Brother William Muhammad, independent insurance agent, who is currently out of Oakland, California, but he's from the East Coast, from Harlem, USA. And of course, we have our engineer on the line, break glass in case of emergency, Brother Muhammad. And you're listening to the Deacon of Doom. We are without the pastor of disaster this week, but 
situation literally this week a young man went with his friends uh to the sacramento river to go uh, uh tubing something happened a little boy fell out of the tube he drowned he drowned the family has been trying for the last uh few days to figure out how to get his body from Sacramento, from the Sacramento River where he is, which is about 75 to 80 miles to Oakland. And that's no, that's really no distance, no distance. They've, they've raised, and, and they're trying to figure out how to, one, how to, how to get the body moved, two, how to pay for a funeral, three, how to pay to open and close a grave site. They had no insurance on him. None. Wow. They set up a GoFundMe and it's got it's not even got a thousand dollars in it. And five hundred of it I took up a collection at my office and we put five hundred of it in there. This is a this is a situation that is very real. 
But I don't want us to always look at it from the morbid side. Life insurance can be a financial tool. And I was talking a little bit earlier about a 20-pay life, uh, which is a whole life policy. It grows in cash value. It grows in face value. Uh, but it only takes 20 years to completely pay it off. It will last for the entire time the child is living. So, uh, okay, what's the age? What's the age cutoff for that policy? Uh, actually, you can get one of those all the way up until you're about 65 years old. It's a whole life policy. Now, it's going to be much more expensive at 65 years old. Right. Than it would be for somebody who is a newborn, right. one years right. old, five years right. old, ten yeah. years old. But I personally have one on myself, and I have one on my son Ahmad, which, you know, he he likes. He he's an adventurous boy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I I personally have it. So if it's if it's something that I would give to myself, it is absolutely something that I would look at or someone else that I care about or I love. So that would be a good, good option for a lot of people, especially for young people. Let's take a break for a second, Brother William, and let's give you a contact information so people can contact you um, so that you can do consultations with them and their family over Zoom, over a conference Absolutely. Call, Absolutely. If you're in their area, stop by, you know, get you a cup yeah, of lemonade. Absolutely cool in the shade. Right. Yes, sir. So I don't charge for consultations uh, at all. Uh, I'm happy to do a Zoom. You can reach me uh, at my office, which is 510-776-0722. I can accept text messages. It will come to me like an email. So if you have questions, you have concerns, you need somebody or some guidance on how to uh, break into a conversation about your insurances, uh, give me a call. I'm happy to help out as much as I can. Again, that that number is 510-776-0722. Last time, but remember now, you're talking to to Alpha. Five- Five one, one zero, zero seven seven, seven, seven six, six zero seven two two. There we go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, now, you know, and listen, family. Okay, we have hookie parties. We got Friday night fish fries. We got rent parties. We do paint parties. We do all that. Why not do an insurance? You do Tupperware parties. You do lingerie sure. parties. Um, for the people that do it, they do them toy parties. Well, why not do an insurance party? That's Let's a good idea. Insurance party. That is a good idea. Now, uh, bro, all right, what about, okay, for all of our highly ecclesiastical folks that are out here? Okay. All right. For those ecumenical uh, 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 persons and all of these various houses of worship that, uh, you know, that people inhabit, uh, uh, visit, dwell in, 
Uh-huh. They die too. They do. And they have to do just as many chicken fries and fish fries and passing the hat to get those elders buried as everybody else. Sure. With all the collections that are taken up every day, every week, every month, every year. Yes. People sit in these houses of worship, and I'm not talking about any one individual. I'm talking about them all. I don't right. care Christian, Muslim, Jew. I don't care which one it is. Okay. They pay their tithes every week, being there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And then so when they, they die, the family has to go crazy trying to figure out how they're going to be buried. Right. And it doesn't make sense. There has to be a way that if they're a member of a congregation and a faithful member of that congregation, that yeah. the House of Worship can somehow get a policy on a group of them that you knew they're going to die anyway. So at least when they die, they can be put to rest, their final resting place, in, with dignity and in comfort. Yes, sir. So there is a way to do it. Um, everybody does not know how to do it, but there is a way. You can, um, they do have group life insurance policies where you can have a small, you know, 10 or 20 or $30,000 term policy on each one of the participants in that, in that group life policy uh, uh, situation. So, you would need that that church would need to whoever is the head of that church that pastor the minister the imam would need to have a consultation with uh, their insurance professional and express what the needs are and you can absolutely get that done in fact i'm working on something uh for our local mosque here in in oakland california mosque number 26 I'm working on something right now. You know, we're, we're, we're not 21 anymore, Rudy. <laughs> Brother Rudolph, we're not yeah, 21 anymore. You know, I, mean, I, know, I, know, I know you got some new parts and things. I, I know, you, you know, <laughs> I know you got some new parts, you know. But, <laughs> but, you know, I learned that I'm not 21 anymore, right? I remember right. I used to be able to pop out of bed real fast and get to moving and, oh, yeah, let's roll. But now I got to sit up for a second and I look around, think about it, let my head clear up, wait on a cup of coffee. And, okay, now we can get going. Right? So yeah, life sure. changes, right? So we want to get that. You want to get that uh, people involved quickly. And as um, parishioners or members of your congregation, you know, they leave, you can change those out just like you would at a job, right? Um, the only difference is, the church would own the policy on you, right? The mosque or whatever would own that policy on you. Right. I would always um, err on the side of caution and put something in, in, in place for yourself. Because you can have life insurance through your job, but you don't own that life insurance policy. Your job does. So when you leave that job or you leave that church, that policy does not exist for you anymore. Right. Okay. So I would always, you know, I would have that in the back of my mind if that's something that I really want to do. You know, so you have some people that are just, you know, they're watchmen on the walls. 
you know Brother Joe is going to be around, right, from New York. You know he's going to be there. We knew that Brother Franklin, man, I'll be pleased with him. We knew he was going to be there. We knew that certain people are all, every time you cut, you're going to see them. So it may, may, may very well make sense to put something in the place. Right. Right. So that is something that, you know, we can, you know, if they are interested in something like that, feel free to reach out to me. If I don't do it in your area, I can refer you to one of my partners or to someone who is in your area that I would trust with my own information. Well, I'm going to to you right now. We'll talk after the show. Yes, sir. Wonderful, wonderful. So i got about another five minutes before I get back in here. Yes, uh, I'll I have another client, uh, another client no to come in. Right. Give your, let's give your closing uh, statement and your contact information again. Absolutely. Uh, yes, sir. One, thank you again, Brother Forrest, Brother Rudolph. You know, I, I've known you all for many, many, many years. And, you know, these days. I'm not that old. You know, yeah, you know, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you know it. I know it. We all know it. You're, you're old. But that's okay. I'll let go. But uh, I absolutely thank you all for allowing me the opportunity to be on your show uh, and to talk with your your listening audience. Uh, Again, I will say the longer you wait to get life insurance, the more expensive it becomes and the more difficult it becomes. Stop avoiding the conversation. Stop avoiding talking to your insurance person, your insurance professional. If you are... uh, if you have more questions, if you have concerns, if you want some type of guidance, feel free to reach out to me, 510-776-0722, and I'll be happy to uh, assist any way that I can. Please make sure that you mention that you heard or you got my number from Brother Rudolph or Brother Forrest, and I might have a little discount for you. Well, I'm you don't get no more discounts. <laughs> okay, I'll give you. Yeah, absolutely, brother Rudolph. But hey, thank you again. Uh, do you have any last questions for me before I get off? All right. Well, thank you all very much. May, uh, may the God continue to bless and keep each one of you all. Assalamu alaikum. Well, you again, brother. You're welcome. Yes, uh, that was Brother William Muhammad of, well, from New York City, Harlem, New York. But he is currently out of Oakland, California. And he is an independent insurance agent for State Farm who is currently working on putting the best policies together for the family. Let's just put it that way. Now, you can decide whether you're a family or not. I'm not going to discount you. You discount yourself. Let's just put it that way. All right. You are listening to National Awareness for Community Preparedness. 
change of my watch. It's 5.20 p.m. Friday, June 24, 2022. This year is halfway gone already. What lies in store in 2022 for us? Uh, I want to urge those that are listening, if you have not, and even if you have, listen to it again. Watch it again. Watch the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and listen to what he said on July 4th. And then get the Savior's Day lecture and listen to what he said. And then watch the current events that are going on in the world and in the nation. Now, we're going to switch gears for a second here, and we're going to talk about a situation that is very prevalent throughout the world, and it may be um, somewhat particularly unnerving to some listening, but it's a conversation that we need to have. Suicide is at an all-time high. Yes, in our community now and amongst our children. Mental illness is like a taboo subject. However, It's very real. And again, our children are exhibiting behaviors that prove how real and how devastating topic is. And the longer we act like an ostrich and keep our head tucked in the sand, pretending that if we're not looking at it, that it's not going to be there, the worse it's going to be. And it's going to hit home for every one of us in some way, shape, or form. If it's not your child, it's a friend of one of your children that you may have known. It may be a niece or nephew or grandchild. This 900-pound gorilla is in every room, and he's not quiet. So let's have the discussion, and let's talk about it. There are resources out there. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline, you know, you can, you can definitely utilize that number. I mean, you... you You really need to take this number down. It's 1-800-273-8255. 
1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. At least have the resource out there for someone who might need it. It may save a life. It may not. But it definitely will not save a life if nobody uses it, is for sure. This is a conversation that you need to have with your children, with young people that you talk to. Ask the question. Because they're already exhibiting behaviors. They're exhibiting depression. When they stop doing the things that used to bring them great joy, when you look at them and you can see that their personal hygiene and their appearance have changed. When you listen to them, to their words and to their speech, and you can tell that they are disheveled in their thought process, very angry and just exhibiting a defeated reality. If you're stressed out as an adult over some of the things that are going on in society, how do you think the children feel? Because I can guarantee if you're stressed out as the adult, you're stressing the hell out of them children. Ain't no way in hell you putting it on the back burner and greeting them with a smile and with loving arms and kick gloves and and with rose-colored glasses, as they say. No, you're carrying the stress that you're feeling and dumping it on them, and they have no one to dump it on. So they're holding it. Yeah, that's what's happening. So let's get some help for us all, for everybody. So, again, that's the suicide prevention hotline for the adults. What's for you, too? When you get to that point, ask for help. It's not a weak person that asks for help. That's a very strong person that knows that they've maxed out and exceeded the limit of their um, ability to handle things. And now they're reaching out for help. Phone, tell a friend. Ask for help if you need it. The help is here. It's out there. Get counseling. There are many places that you can talk to somebody where you're not going to be judged for what you say. It's not about, there's no judgment involved. It's about helping to relieve the pressure. And generally, a lot of times, what it is is, You just become so overwhelmed all of a sudden. It's like disaster. It's like a disaster. What makes a disaster a disaster is the fact that it completely overwhelms your resources and your ability to cope. Well, that's when you have a disaster. As long as you can deal with whatever is going on, it's not a disaster. It's just a situation. 
But the minute you can't deal with it anymore, now it becomes a disaster. And then it's going to get disastrous. So before it becomes disastrous, reach out and get some help. Whether it's in your house of worship, whether it's on one of these 800 hotlines, whether it's, you know, maybe your medical plan provides for counseling services, I don't know. But the conversation needs to be had, and we need to look into it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Professionally speaking, for those of us that work in high-stress environments, we have what they call CISD or Crisis Incident Stress Debriefings or supposed to have, that when we deal with certain situations, it's mandatory that you get pulled offline and you have to talk to somebody. And you're not allowed to go back until you talk to somebody because they want to know where your head is. They want to know how that thing that you just dealt with affected you. And there are a lot of us who compartmentalize things, especially in my profession, where if I'm doing a 12-hour shift, then call after call after call can be stressing. All right, my first call out, cardiac arrest. My second call out, a baby that was uh, 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 drowned in the bathtub. My third call out, a baby that has shaken baby syndrome. Fourth call out. Uh, could be somebody shot, fifth call out, uh, somebody committed suicide, sixth call out, and I'm just halfway through my shift. But it just piles up, piles up, piles up. But I have to hit that available button and get back out there in order to do that next call. So if my partner is not paying attention to his or her partner, and if I'm not paying attention to my partner, It goes left unchecked, and then you end up going home with all of that, and then here goes the argument at home, and now the domestic violence takes place. My job profession has the highest rate of domestic violence and divorce. And there are many factors. But one of them is definitely because no one's watching and no one's reaching out with resources to assist the victim before the victim becomes the abuser. So I'll just leave that at that. The next thing is going to be, well, again, um, well, I don't hear anybody calling in, so um, I'll just keep it moving. Let's talk about the shortages that are out here in the, uh, I won't necessarily say the food chain, I'll say the um, supply chain. 
on the news, I don't know if you caught it, but I caught it, they're talking about shortages in medications that are out there. And these are life-saving medications that people are prescribed and need every day. And they're talking about shortages in it. So what are you going to do when you go to the pharmacy to get a refill of your prescription and they tell you, I'm sorry, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so, we're out of that medication. I don't know when it's coming in. What are you going to do? What plans do you have for when, not if, when that happens? I would suggest, if you have not already done it, that you begin researching and looking into an alternative health plan. And this alternative health plan begins with book one and book two, written by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. The title of the book is How to Eat to Live. It's talking about proper food at the proper time, prepared the proper way, and taken in in the proper mindset to more outcome of good health. In those books, if you read it, from cover to cover. Just pick up the book, open the book, and start reading it. It's self-exclamatory. It's written so that even a child can understand it. There are do's and don'ts in there, and the why's. All you have to do is get the book, open the book, read the book and comprehend what you're reading. And then what you do after that, it's on you. But you can't say that you were not told. How to Eat to Live, book one and book two. Um, You can get those books in various places. I would say go on to NOI.org and go to the store and order your copy. Or if you know any of those Beautiful headpiece-wearing sisters or those beautiful bow-tie-wearing brothers that are wielding those bean pies and those final call newspapers. Yes, you call them newspaper boys, but they're not newspaper boys. They are saviors to the people, bringing the word of God clothed in a newspaper. And that publication, that independent publication of the Final Call News from cover to cover is bringing you information that can totally save and change your life and your existence overnight if you're willing, daring enough to give it a try. If you don't want to get it from them on the street corner because you don't want anybody to see you getting it, then get your digital copy. We're in the age of digitalization. 
and everybody has a smartphone, so you can order your copy right to your smartphone and read it in the privacy of your own time whenever you're sitting. While everybody else is TikToking and Instagramming, you can be getting your read on with your digital copy of the Final Call newspaper. If there are topics that you want to hear about that we are not covering on disaster awareness for community preparedness, then reach out to us and let us know what they are, and we will do our best to get a subject matter expert on the line so that you can speak to them, relate to them, reach out to them, and get the 411 on whatever it is. Again, Brother William, in another week or maybe two weeks with some more information and some more updates. And I think he gave enough information today to get us in the right direction. Brother Forrest started the ball off talking about the economic blueprint of a disaster plan. And what should be being done, well, we'll bring him back so that he can talk about the how-to get started. Because it's the how-to that's always the issue. Yeah, you know that you need to have a go-bag. You know why you need to have a go-bag. Your issue is, well, how do I get started? So it's always the how-to. And we will help you with the how-to get it done right here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Metformin. I want to bring this out. Metformin. Metformin is a medication that is used very widely in the health field. I want to read this to you. Metformin side effects. Commonly reported side effects of metformin include diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting, flatulence, decreased vitamin B12 serum concentrate, Um, those are some of the major ones. For you as a consumer of metformin, oral solution, or oral suspension, hypothermia or hypotension, resistant, Brady arrhythmias, meaning slow heart rates, have been reported due to metformin-associated lactic acidosis, also death. The onset may be subtle and include nonspecific symptoms such as malaise, just not feeling good, 
myalgia, respiratory distress, or difficulty breathing, abdominal distress, just not feeling right in your abdominal area. Laboratory abnormalities include low pH, elevated blood lactate, as well as other fluctuations in chemistry and metabolic numbers. The risk of lactic acidosis increases with renal or hepatic impairment, age 65 years or older, having a radiological study with contact surgery and or other procedures. So, again, bottom line is, if you're taking um, prescribed medications, you should always read the list of side effects for that medication, just so you'll know that should you start experiencing them, it doesn't catch you off guard and you know why. Decreased appetite, diarrhea, fast or shallow breathing, fever chills, general feeling of discomfort, lower back or side pain, muscle pain or cramping, painful or difficult urination, sleepiness. Those are some of the major and more more common side effects. Also, a cough or hoarseness. And, of course, I told you the abdominal or stomach discomfort. The less common effects are anxiety, blurred vision, chest discomfort, cold sweats, coma, confusion, cool, pale skin, depression, difficult or labored breathing, dizziness, fast, irregular pounding or racing heartbeat or pulse, feeling of warmth, Headache, increased hunger, increased sweating, nausea, nervousness, nightmares, redness of the face, neck, arms, and occasionally upper chest, seizures, shaking, slurred speech, tightness in the chest, and unusual tiredness or weakness. So any of those can be side effects of long-term use of the medication. Okay, so again, just wanted to throw that out there. And again, for any, anybody who is suffering a condition where you have to take medication, always ask your healthcare provider what are the long-term effects or risks of this medication? What should I be on the lookout for? And monitor going on with yourself while you're trying to get better from the condition that you're in and taking the medications that are prescribed to you. You have a health care provider who 
is not listening to you, who doesn't talk or communicate with you, will not answer your questions, then maybe that is not the best health care provider for you. Maybe it's time to find another health care provider. Your health care provider should be someone that you can talk to, no judgment, and say just about anything to They will listen to you. anyone calling on the line, so I'll just keep it going. All right, we're coming to the summertime now. Schools will be out. And with that, that is so as you drive throughout residential neighborhoods, family, be mindful of the fact Where you see a ball, there's a child following. Where you don't see a ball, there's a ball and a child coming. Slow down. Slow down. If you're already late, you're not going to make up the time by speeding. You're only going to increase the opportunities for someone else to get hurt or killed because you're distracted, because you're trying to bend time and make up time that can never be made up. Also, the real, real situation that with school being out, that there are hundreds, thousands of children now who will go hungry. Because that fishing school and that luncheon school may be the only meals that they get. And if that was a reality and the case before, it's definitely a harsh reality now with things getting worse and with gas in some places almost $5.50 or almost $6 a gallon. And with everything going up, price of bread going up, the price of milk and eggs going up, meats going up, vegetables going up, everything is going up, everything except the paycheck. Everybody wants more, 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 more. And everybody is out for their own uh, um, and what he may be going through. And then tippers. Tippers are, are oh, man. Tippers are, are just all over the place. Uh, be careful. Be careful when you engage people. Um, sometimes it's not even worth it to engage somebody, so they cut you off, okay? Go around and keep going on about your business. You never know what is on another person's mind, and you never know what it will take to just 
way and at the wrong time. So rather than put yourself in harm's way with these, um, I don't want to call, use a slang term and call them uh, C-R-A-Z-Y, but people who are able to uh, adjust to the reality of the time, let's just say, um, be careful. careful. Starting off with this, but there's never a bad time for it. Uh, we have to get the spirituality in our lives. And I say that not pointing to the individual, not, you know, picking on any individual, just saying, uh, just make keep it real that there's a God who is in charge of what's going on. There is a, a, a supreme being who either causes things to happen or allows things to happen for another reason. And because we seem to be getting further and further away from the God of reality, things are spinning out of control. So, if you are a spiritual person, I won't say a religious person, I'll say a spiritual person, and if you read uh, the word of God from any faith traditions, it gives you rules for life. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Good question. We we were told Accept your own and be yourself. That's what we were told. And when I say we, I'm talking about Muslims, followers of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That statement is a very real statement. Accept your own and be yourself. Well, who else can you be but you? And that's part of the reason that a lot of us are in the predicament we're in now because we're trying to be everyone else but who we are. But when you don't know who you are, then who else can you be except that one who you're patterning yourself after? Be careful. Be careful. Just like not all physical food is good, not all mental food is good. 
Guard yourself. Guard your mind. Protect your mind. Don't allow just anything into your mind. Some of the music that we listen to now has undergirding tones and subliminal suggestions. Some of the shows that we watch are laced with um, subversive messages. And remember, this, our open enemy is a scientist, but he's a wicked scientist. And he's working every day to figure out a way to get you and I to submit to him and to him alone. And this is why I constantly say, choose a side lest you be chosen for a side. Um, just thinking about what's going on now. They're talking about a recession. They're talking about inflation. Uh, um, the Federal Reserve is go, uh, uh, increasing the uh, uh, percentage rate. Um, so you're paying more if you're purchasing, making purchases of uh, like homes, cars, things of that nature picking out loans, you're paying more for it. And then, you know, the uh, credit reports, everybody's checking your credit report, and based on the score, the number of your credit report, it can either stop you from getting something or it can cost you more to get that same item. You know, um, these are just realities of our time. One thing that we're taught, thing that we're taught is that to help fight against poverty and want, and in talking about helping to fight against poverty and want, that starts with self. Poverty, poverty in a real sense, uh, economically, but poverty also of the spirit, poverty of the mind, poverty of your actual being. Remember, everything shows your with a thought, and then from the becomes. A reality. The Muslims have an economic program, and we have put our economic program out there for years, and we constantly put our economic program out. Listen to this. I appeal to all Muslims and to all the members of the original 
black nation in America to sacrifice at least five cents from each day's pay to create an economic savings program to help fight unemployment, hunger, nakedness, abominable housing, of the 22 million black people here in America who continue to face these problems. This will not interfere with the government's program for better housing conditions at all. It will only aid those who have never known anything in the way of help and those who do not even know that there is a government housing act to help dependent people. There are thousands of our people living in worse conditions than dogs and pigs. At least dogs are not bothered with too many rats and roaches in their houses because they kill them to keep them out. The uncleanliness and filth which dominate and create bad housing conditions. That's just an excerpt on page 192 titled Economic Program to Help Fight Against Poverty and Want from Message to the Black Man. An excellent publication written by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that covers everything from who are you, who is God, who is the devil, what are you doing? What should you be doing? And where you're headed if you don't figure out the time and what must be done. And as the song says, looking at my is about that time, we're at the end of another program. And I want to thank Brother William Muhammad for coming on. Remember, give him a call, 510-776-0722. Thank Brother Forrest for coming on earlier and giving us his information on the economic disaster kit, and we'll go further into that. However, you are my brother, Brother Yusuf. I just want you to know we pray that you are okay and that your family is well, and we pray that we will hear your melodious voice over these airwaves next week right here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness next Friday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also pray that something that we said this week has brought you comfort and has brought you information that will make you better off today than you were yesterday. And always remember, that every day above ground is a blessing to another chance to correct a mistake. And it's another chance to get it right. Every day that you wake up, you have a choice and a chance. You have a chance to do whatever it is you're going to do 
Just remember, every choice that you make has a consequence. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we pray that you have a blessed week, and we pray that you will come back next week and bring a friend with you so that we can delve deeper into a situation that has our families, ourselves, and our down, and we can give you a little insight into how to turn the tables on that so that you can find a measure of comfort for yourself, your family, and your community to the God that he will keep us safe this week, and he will bless us with his mercy and his grace that we will be able to convene again next week, this time. Thank you. May Allah bless you and have a fantastic week. And don't forget to take time to thank the creator for waking up. Thank the creator for whatever think of that he's given you and then those that you have no idea he's blessed you with. Assalamu alaikum.
Oh! 